All right, we begin Masechet Yomah, Daf Bet. First, uh, just a little bit of intro. The word Yomah, uh, as translates to Hayom. Uh, when you put an Aleph at the end of a word in Aramaic, it's the same as putting a He at the beginning of the word in Hebrew. So really, it's just about the day, and the day is Yom Kippur, because that's the most special day of the calendar year. You don't have to say it's Yom Kippur. Uh, now, the order of Masechtot is always very interesting um, because a lot of people have thought for a long time that it's in some logical order or chronological order. And Shabbat, you could say, is the is the holiday that's, that comes up the most often every week. Eruvin is connected to Shabbat, certainly. Pesachim, then you could say, is the first on the calendar year of Nisan's the beginning. Shekelim is connected to Pesachim because we begin the Machasita Shekel cycle in Nisan. Uh, but then you get to Yoma and then Sukkah and then it all breaks down. It doesn't make any sense. Um, however, if you look at the size of each of the Masechtot in terms of chapter numbers of the Mishnah, now then it all becomes clear. We start with the longest, 24 chapters, 10, 10, Shekalim and Yomah, or in a tie for eight each, and then it goes to the smallest. So it's actually just in size order, uh, which is good. If you're learning Daf Yomi, then you know you got the longest ones out of the way, and the next ones will be shorter. However, when it comes to the order within, a, within the Masechet, Masechet Yomad does go in chronological order. Uh, it begins, in fact, seven days before Yom Kippur in preparation. So that's where we begin as well. Shiv'at yamim kodem Yom Kippurim afrishin kohen gadol mi beto lelishkat par hedrin umatkinin lo kohen acher tachtav shema yera bo pesul. So already seven days before Yom Kippur, that we take the kohen gadol and we separate him, we sequester him in the Bet Mikdash in an area known as lishkat par hedrin. Uh, par hedrin is a word that comes from Greek as you can tell, which means an appointee. So the, this is the chamber for the appointed one, you might translate. And I'll show it to you, I'll show you where it is in the Bet HaMikdash. I'll blow this up. Um, so here is the northern side. And right over here, you have Lishkat Palhedrin. So this is to the north, the Mizbech is here. So in other words, it's right near the area where they butcher the animals. So that's where he would stay for seven days. Uh, right next to Lishkat Gazit, where the Sanhedrin was. Uh, here's another view of it. Um, these are the tables where they, when they did Shechita, they put the uh, parts of the animals on the tables, as we saw in Shekalim. And this would be the entrance from the inside to Lishkat Palhedrin. And this, from the outside, uh, outside the, the wall, um, you could also enter it from the, from, from, uh, through steps uh, there. So that's the Lishkat Palhedrin that's uh, mentioned here. Um, and furthermore, we also get a vice Kohen, Kohen Gadol, uh, just in case something happens to the Kohen, because the Kohen, he might become Tameh or get a mum or, or die, uh, whatever, might, whatever happens, we, the show wants, must go on. And on Yom Kippur especially, all of the services are done by the Kohen Gadol. So we got to make sure that there's someone uh, standing by to take his place. Not only do we have a Kohen Gadol in waiting, but also a wife of the Kohen Gadol in waiting. Because if his wife should suddenly die on Yom Kippur, then he will not be able to continue the services because Pasuk says um, that in, uh, he, he atones for himself and his household. What do you mean his household? His, his house means his, fa- his wife. 
And so a Kohen Gadol without a wife cannot uh, do that vidui, that special vidui that he does for his own family. This is really interesting because it's such a contrast to Christianity where priests are not allowed to get married. Here, the Kohen Gadol must get married, otherwise he can't do anything at all. And you wonder maybe back then, this might've uh, might have, uh, been emphasized, especially uh, because there was the Dead Sea sect, which was also probably celibate. Okay, however, the majority of the sages told her to be Yehuda, wait a second, if you do that, there's no end to the, to the matter. What if the second one, one dies? And you know, so it's enough just to have a vice Kohen Gadol, that's the most important, and we're not gonna worry that the wife might die that day. If, if she does, we'll figure something else out. All right, that is the Mishnah. And now here's a quick outline for what we're gonna see in the, in the Gemara. Um, we're going to see uh, the sequester for Para Aduma. The main topic today is sequestering. So really, we sequester the Kohen Gadol on three different occasions. One of them is explicit in the Torah. That's Parashat HaShavua that we just passed. It's always nice when there's a Parashat HaShavua coincidence. Um, during the Sheva Yemeha Miluim, before Ubayom HaShemini, the Aharon uh, was sequestered in the, in the Mishkan, and so he had to stay there for seven days uh, to prepare himself for the inauguration day. That's the only one that's explicit in the Torah. But the rabbis we're going to say, see today derive from that, that also the Kohen who's going to prepare the Para Aduma, he also has to sequester on the Temple Mount for seven days, and, and the Kohen Gadol before Yom Kippur also sequestered for seven days. So we're going to begin with actually Para Aduma, not, not even with Yom Kippur. Why and where does the Kohen Gadol go during that time? And then we're going to see the source, which is from the inauguration of the Mishkan. We're going to show how it applies to Yom Kippur, how it applies to Para Aduma. Then we're going to wonder why not apply this sequester rule and make the Kohen, whoever the Kohen is, uh, make him stay in the Beit HaMikdash for seven days before every communal offering or before every holiday, right? Why only these two cases? Why not others? So we begin. Tenan Hatam, we learn in Masechet Para. Shivat Yamim Kodim Serefat HaPara. Hayu Mafrishin Kohen HaSoref Et HaPara Mibeto La Lishka Shal Peneha Bira Safona Mizracha. The Lishkat so seven days before they have made, they plan to burn the para, you can burn the para anytime, but whenever it's scheduled, seven days before, you separate the Kohen who's going to burn the para down to ashes um, from his house, and he stays in a special chamber that's on the bira. Bira, we're going to see, probably means the Temple Mount, not the Bet HaMikdash itself, not the Chatzed, but the entire mount, and the northeastern corner. Uh, so if we look at the map, um, it's, not in, it's not anywhere here on this map, but uh, north would be here, east would be here. So if you imagine this is the Bet HaMikdash and then the entire Temple Mount is the, is the, the rest of the page. So it'll be somewhere over here that there was a, a spot, a, a chamber for him to stay. Um, and it was called Lishkat Beta Evin. Why was it called the Chamber of Stone? Because everything in that chamber was made not out of pottery or not out of wood. Those things can become tameh, but rather uh, vessels made out of dung or vessels made out of stone or vessels made out of earth, not earthenware, 
but that's baked, but just plain earth that's packed together. Because those three, even if a dead mouse touches them, they are untameable. And so we want to make sure as much as we can that the Kohen, the Kohen who burns the Paraduma himself will be Tahor. And so we sequester them for seven, for seven days. That's the end of the Mishnah. It's always interesting to have discussion of a Mishnah from Taharot, because there is no Talmud for Masechet Taharot. And so this here now uh, kind of serves as a, uh, as a Talmud Bavli for Masechet Taharot. Um, uh, scholars have wondered, was there, was there ever a Talmud Bavli for Masechet Taharot or Talmud Yerushalmi for that matter? And what if we take all these Mishnayot like this and collect them all together? Can we build, you know, reconstruct it? Um, this is a uh, very important dissertation by Professor Yaakov Zusman, the world expert in this, uh, who concluded that no, there, there is not, and there never was a Talmud for Masechet Taharot. They just discussed them as they came up, for like in this case. Okay, my Ta'ama, now we ask, what's the reason? Why do we have to do this? We have something absolutely fascinating here. Why do we have to go to such an extent to make this Kohen who's going to prepare Paraduma separate for seven days and not have any atameable uh, vessels in there? It's because of the it's because of a polemic that the Pharisees had with the Sadducees. What's the polemic? Um, it's regarding a tevul yom. Tevul yom means someone who became tameh, let's say they touched a dead mouse. Uh, in order for that person to become tahor, they have to go to the mikveh during the day. And then when it gets dark, they're fully tahor. So after they go uh, to the mikveh during the day, and before sun, before it gets dark, they call tevul yom. At that point, they're kind of like 90% tahor. So they still, for most purposes, they can't do anything until it actually gets dark. Like if they want to eat tirumah, that's the first mishnah in Berachot. Um, but for some things, um, being tevul yom is sufficient. Now, this was the subject of the machlok between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees are more lenient. And they say, if a Kohen is a tevul yom, meaning he, got, he became tamer during the day and he went to the mikveh, even if before sunset, that Kohen can be involved in preparing the paraduma. That's, it's okay. Whereas the Sadducees say, no, no way. You're preparing paraduma. We want to be totally 100% tahor. So tevul yom is no good. Okay. Now, in order to, uh, when, when the Pharisees wanted to emphasize their halakha, here's what they would do. They would take a Kohen who was totally pure, 100% tahor, and they would bring him to the Mount of Olives where they prepared it, and they would make him tameh on that day. They would bring a dead mouse, here, touch this. It's unbelievable. And then they would have him go to the mikveh right there on the spot, and he would prepare it as a tvul yom. Now they could have easily gotten someone 100% pure and that way everyone could have gone along and used those ashes. No, but they wanted to, um, specifically to uh, counter the, sad the sadokim and show that um, it can be done for someone um, even though uh, the sun didn't set because the Sadducees said, 
only if the sun has set on them. Now, in order to counter, here we, we didn't get to the answer yet. Uh, so why do we sequester the Kohen for seven days? Well, because we know we're going to make him Tameh, people are going to tend to lizalzilbo, right? They're going to say, oh, see, you don't have to be really Tahor. Look how the rabbis make him Tameh on purpose. So in order to counter that Kula, we have an extra Chumrah. And so we make sure that he's going to be 100% Tahor for those seven days and not touch anything. So the rabbis want to counterbalance for the public perception. They want to teach a lesson of Tevul Yom, but at the same time say, yeah, but we're still really careful. It's not because we're being lazy about this. And so that's why they counter with, with the seven days. Um, I, I have to bring in the Dead Sea Scroll here um, because we have this exact law. I mentioned that the Mishnah talks about this, the, 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 the opinion of the Sadducees. Well, um, in uh, in the 1950s, in one of the Dead Sea, Dead sea Caves, we found something, a uh, 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 letter called Miksatma Se'at Torah, or the halachic letter written by the head of the Dead Sea sect. And it's a letter written to the Kohen Gadol in Yerushalayim. And in it, he says their opinion about this very subject. And it says, this is the original Hebrew, this is their original spelling, by the way. They spell soref with a samech. So he says, we think, this is the, this is the Dead Sea sect talking, um, that the one who does shechitan, the one who burns, and the one who collects the ashes, and the one who sprinkles, um, all these we require, ha'arivut shemesh, they have to, they require that it gets dark. They could only do it after dark. And there's a letter saying, we disagree with you and we can't live with you guys. You know, you, uh, you Pharisees in the Beit HaMikdash. And that's why they left. And so here in the Mishnah, uh, we have the opposite. And you see, it's exact same words. They say, that's exactly the word in the, in the halachic letter. Okay, so now we understand the reason why the rabbis instituted that you have to go to such an extent and keep this Kohen Tahor for seven days as a counterbalance. All right, now where? Why did the Mishnah say that has to be in the northeast corner? Uh, so the reason is because in general, when you bring a korban chatat, it's prepared in the north, north of the of the of the mizbeach. Um, and so this paraduma is not technically a korban; it doesn't get sacrificed on the on the mizbeach, but it is called a chatat. It's not technically a chatat, but it's called a chatat. And therefore, as a connection, as a reminder that this too is a chatat, so the kohen will stay in the northern north of the of the mizbeach. Furthermore, that the its blood is going to be sprinkled towards ohel moed. So now, if you're going to sprinkle it towards ohel moed, that means that's going to be towards the east. Um, and so uh, you're going to be east, you know, sp uh, sprinkling it towards it. And that's why he stays in the northeast to uh, to recognize that this is this is like a chatat and is sprinkled towards the mizbeach from the east, towards ohel moed from the east. Good. My bira. Now, in the it said that he stays on the bira, right? This northeast this, this chamber is on the bira. What does that word mean? It's a, it's a certain place on the Temple Mount. It's called bira, and this uh, is adjacent to it. There's some kind of uh, um, a tower 
that was on the Temple Mount. And says, no, the entire Beit HaMikdash is called Bira, meaning like a capital, um, as it says, Bira, which I have made. This is actually very interesting because the only other time the word Bira appears, besides for here, regarding the Beit HaMikdash, is Shushan HaBira. Right, and that's probably on purpose that, hey, what do you got, you Jews, what are you doing partying with King Achashverosh in Shushan Habira when you're supposed to be in Yerushalayim Habira? All right, so that concludes the first section from the outline. And now we're going to ask, what's the source? The source for both that the Kohen Gadol is sequestered for Yom Kippur and that the Kohen Hasoref is sequestered for Para Aduma. So here's here's the full pesukim. This is from last week's parasha, right? It says telling the kohanim that. They, uh, for the seven days of inauguration, they cannot leave Ol Moed for seven days until that they're completed. That's why they're called Shivat Yemeha Miluim, until that, that time period is completed. And then the next Pasuk 34 seems extraneous. Just like God commanded you on this day, He commanded that you should do. To, in order to bring expiation. So this sounds like it's saying, just like this, you're going to do this in the future as well. Well, when are you going to do this in the future? You only have an inauguration one time. So from this, the Midrash derives, um, la'asot and lechaper, those two words teach us. So la'asot is things that you do. Uh, it's a process. What process is that? Well, paraduma. And lechaper, when do you get kapara? That's Yom Kippurim. So that's the hint uh, that those two days. Okay. Now, so now I understand that the, the, we, how do we know we can learn two things from this, right? Instead of just one thing. So for sure, the whole thing cannot be talking about just para because the word lechaper, lechaper, the para duma doesn't atone for anything. It's called a chatat, but not kapara. And so for sure, Yom Kippurim is going to be included. But how do I know that I should include anything about para aduma? Maybe it's only you're talking about Yom Kippur. Amre, I mean, it's from the, if it's from the word la'asot, that's a pretty uh, uh, common word, that's pretty ambiguous. Amre yalef siva siva, k'tiva ha siva Adonai la'asot, u'k'tiva tam zot chukat ha-Torah shi siva Adonai lemor. Pasuk we just said, siva, God commanded, and now in the beginning of Paraduma, Chukah, this is known as the Chok, right? This is the, the, the introductory verse, 19.2 in, in Bemirbar. Chukat HaTorah Sher Siva. So there you go, the word Siva comes twice. Mat Nahalan Para, Afkan Para, Makan Perisha, Af Lehalan Perisha. Just like here it's talking about Paraduma, so too back in Shemot it's talking about Paraduma. And just like in Shemot it tells, tells you that the Kohen has to separate, so too regarding Paraduma, the Kohen has to separate. 
All right, now you might counter, Siva seems like a common word also. Right, in Vayikra 16, this is 16.34, all the way at the end of after it gave all the laws of Yom Kippur, it says they did as God commanded. So it has the word Siva by Yom Kippur also. So therefore you could say that the entire precedent is only talking about Yom Kippur, not Paraduma. The answer is Danin Siva de Lifne Asiya, Missiva Lifne Asiya, Ben Danin Siva Lachad Asiya, Missiva de Lifne Asiya. So Yom Kippur is different from the other two. And regarding Yom Kippur, it gives all the instructions. At the end, it says, that's a concluding. However, regarding Paraduma, it's the first Pasuk. And also regarding Shivati Meameluim, it says, you should do this before they actually do it. So we should learn those two because those are uh, at the beginning rather than Yom Kippur, where the word Siva is at the end of the paragraph. All right, good. So now we resolve that. Now we're going to bring in the other two. I'll show you, show you the outline again. Um, the question is, will it apply to communal offerings? And how about applying to holidays and make the Kohen sequester on those occasions as well? So, since they have the word Siva, regarding all uh, communal, communal offerings as on the day that God commanded B'nai Israel. So maybe before you bring a communal offering, which is actually every day, the whoever, whichever Kohen is going to do it has to sequester seven days before. No, no we have regarding Yom Kippur and Shabbat Shalom, the exact same phrase, the exact same form, Siva, and not this one where it's Savoto. Okay. Hold on, do you really have to have exactly the same word? Here's an example where you don't have the exact same word, and yet you make a Gezerah Shava. Not only is that, it's a different word altogether. This is regarding when the Kohen comes to a, to a house to examine it, to see if it has Tzara'at in the house. So he comes after a week, and then the Pasuk 39, chapter 14, says, this is next week's parasha. Okay, good. Another uh, another coincidence. So he checks it out, and it's v'shav kohen. And then he comes after a second week, and then it says u'bah kohen. Now, after the first week, the Torah says he'll examine it. If he sees that there's a spot that's sarat, he'll cut it out and you know take remove it, and then see if it stops. Regarding the second week, it doesn't say in the Torah what to do. So I might have thought after the second week, if he still sees sarat, then you destroy the house, demolish it. But the rabbis say, just like he examines and removes the infected part after one week, so too he examines and removes the part after the second week to give another chance for the not to destroy the person's house. And so you see there, you make a gezerah shava with two completely different words. So all the more so you should be able to make a gezerah from siva and savvoto. The answer is, we, all, we only did that over there, Shavuba, because there is no other word that's similar to it. It doesn't say Veshav again. But here, where there is an exact, exact match, if you have an exact match, you're going to go with Siva Siva, and therefore we reject the Savoto. So now we conclude that uh, for regular communal offerings, we're not going to make the person, the Kohen, sequester for seven days. Now, lechaper elu maaseh yom kippurim. Okay, we're going back where we learned yom kippur from the word lechaper. Now, that word lechaper it can apply to other things besides yom kippur. Ve'makapara de korbanot. Maybe offering atonement offerings, right? Chatat, asham, uh, communal offerings. 
that so maybe whenever the Kohen Gadol, any Kohen, does makes a Chatat, also we would have to sequester seven days, and we can learn that from the word Lechaper. Who says Lechaper means only Yom Kippur? Answer, Hold on, how are we going to know? Do we know in advance which Kohen is going to prepare it? After every day, remember, they would make a lottery in the beginning of the day, who gets which job? So we don't know seven days in advance who's going to have each job. So how could you make the person sequester if you only know that morning who's going to prepare it? So we have a simple answer to that. Amri mishmeret bet av. Why don't you sequester the entire group? Right, all the kohanim were split into twenty-four group uh, groups mishmarot. Each one would serve one week. So take the whole group, make them sequester a whole week before, and then whoever is chosen, they will be sequestered. So we can solve that problem. Uh, so uh, now we answer. We answer meaning we find a reason why we should not uh, sequester the. the now we're going to learn something that has a set time from another thing that has a set time. So the inauguration day is a set time, Yom Kippur is a set time. And this should exclude the korbanot of atonement korbanot that happened every day. Okay, fine, we accept that. But now we get to the next question. How about the holidays? The holidays also come at set times. So why don't we learn from, from, uh, from the word lechaper? Because on, on, uh, on the holidays we bring chatat, so you can bring a holiday korbanot. Maybe the Quran has to sequester seven days before each holiday. Answer, No, this, uh, the inauguration happened only one time, once in the year, even less. So we can only learn from that something, a holiday that happens only once a year. Yom Kippur is special, happens only once a year. But the holidays, there's three regalim. So therefore, we, it's not as similar. Well, so maybe pick one, pick one holiday. Now you're going to say, how are we going to pick which Maybe you'll say mitzvot because that's the beginning of the year, that's the first one listed. Or maybe you'll say sukkot because there's so many mitzvot that we have to do on sukkot. So that's the holiday. And so you see, we can't tell which one is which. Um, and so that would be a reason why we can't uh, learn from the, that we should sequester everyone for these seven days. Rather, here's another answer why we can't do this. Um, we're going to learn the separation of seven days for one day from another example of seven days for one day. In other words, you have um, uh, that was seven days. And we separate for the one day, Yom HaShemini, which is Inauguration Day. So too, but Yom Kippur is only one day, so we have seven days before. Whereas before Pesach or before Sukkot, those are seven-day holidays. So now you're going to separate for seven days before a seven-day holiday. That's not similar to the Inauguration Day, which is only one day. Okay, now this is going to be the last question for today. Maybe Shemini said it. That's a one-day holiday. So it is, in fact, similar. Okay, 
No, it's not the same, uh, right? Remember what we're doing here? We have the, the precedent for Shivat Elohim, where we know the Torah says the Kohen Gadol sequesters. What is it more like? Well, it's going to be more like Yom Kippur, where that's a one-day holiday, and the seven days before that are not Archol, just like in the inauguration days, Yeshivat uh, Elohim. And that's not similar to Shemini Atzeret, where that's a one-day holiday, but the seven days before that are Kadosh, not Chol, and so that's more dissimilar. And now we counter that. Wait a second, it should be even better. Sukkot is even better. If uh, uh, something that does not have any Kiddusha before it requires separating, meaning Yom HaShemini, uh, of Shivat Meluim, then a day like Shemini Asedet that has seven days of holiness before it, all the more so. Shemini Asedet is even holier and should all the more so require preparation, serious preparation by sequestering the Kohen. Amala Meshashia law Kaze. In that Pasuk, all the way back here, it said the word um, over here, uh, 34, Haze that just like you did on this day of the Shivat Shemeyam Elohim. So we learned that Hazeh means Kazeh exactly. And therefore, don't give me the Kava Chomer. It doesn't matter that this is logically more. The Pasuk says that you want to do find the day that's the exact match. What day on the, on the calendar year is an exact match to Shivat Elohim? That is Yom Kippur. And therefore, Lechaper means only on Yom Kippur. Okay, that is a good answer of Rabbi Meshashiyah. Rabbi Asheh offers yet another solution. Rabbi Asheh Amar, Mi ikamidi de'aikar regel la ba'ay perisha, tafel dide ba'ay perisha. Is there anything where um, yeah. Is there anything where the main part of the holiday does not require separating, means Sukkot? You don't have to separate for seven days before Sukkot. And yet the Tafel, Shemini Asedit is in the way Tafel, it's an add on. Sukkot is the main holiday, Shemini Asedit is just the add on. So, how could you say that for the main holiday you don't have to separate the Kohen, but for the add on, then you do have to separate the Kohen? So, that doesn't make sense. He's kind of turning the Kavachomer the opposite way. So therefore, it doesn't make sense to compare them and it doesn't make sense to sequester for seven days of Sukkot for Shemini Aseret. And there is an opinion that says Shemini Aseret is its own holiday. It's not Tafel, it's not just an add-on. It has its own significance. And according to that, you might say, well, yeah, maybe Shemini Aseret is significant enough that it requires the Kohen Gadol to separate before. Well, even that opinion that says it's a separate holiday, it's only a separate holiday regarding these six items. This is the acronym for it. PES stands for PES stands for a lottery. That when you pick a, have a lottery on who which kind is going to do which which uh, job, you have one lottery for Sukkot, another lottery for Shemini Aseret. So in that sense, it's a separate holiday. Zeman Zayin Zeman that we say Shechianu on Shemini Aseret. In that sense, it's a separate holiday. Regel that stands for that there is no mitzvah to sin in the Sukkah. It's a separate holiday in terms of that. Um, the 
Kuf is the korban, the korbanot of Shemini Asedot are completely different than the korbanot of the of Sukkot. You know, we go down from, from 13 to 7, and then Shemini Asedot is different. And Shin, Shira, the songs that the Livim sang on Shemini Asedot was a different series than the ones for Sukkot. And Bet is the Beracha. When you say Alevi Abo in the Beracha, you say, Biyom Shemini Chaga Asedot Azeh. You don't say Biyom Asukot Azeh. And so you see, in those six ways, Shemini Asedot is fundamentally a different holiday. Nevertheless, even according to that opinion, this is a different holiday, they still would admit that Shemini Aseret is a continuation of Sukkot. Um, and Avalinan uh, Tashlumin, how do we see that? If you forgot to bring a Korban on, on, uh, on, or didn't get a chance to bring your Korban Chagiga on Sukkot, you can do a makeup, Tashlumin uh, who you could do a makeup on Shemini Aseret. As we see that in the Mishnah, Mi shelo chag beyom tov harishon shel chag, chogeg veolech kol haregel kolo beyom tov acharon shel chag. Masechet Chagiga says anyone who did not bring their Chagiga on the first day of Sukkot, they can bring it any day. They could use any day as a makeup, even the last day of Sukkot. So you see here that everyone agrees that Shemini Aseret is in fact connected now, On to the last day of Sukkot, not on the last day of it's a different, if it's a so it's not the same thing. And it, but it is, even, Meaning, those, even those who say it's a separate holiday in many senses, nevertheless, you can do a makeup for the Sukkot Chagiga on Shemini Aseret. So you see that Shemini Aseret is, in fact, integrally connected to Sukkot. In fact, it's an add-on, right, in that sense, because it's a makeup. And so therefore, Rav Asher's logic stands, and he, the point is that um, we're not going to bring make a kohen separate for seven days of Sukkot only to, to be ready for Shemini Aseret, as if Shemini Aseret is a separate holiday that's more special than Sukkot. No, it's an, it's, it only makes sense as an addition, add-on, after seven days. And so we end up with uh, basically the same, same idea. Uh, to summarize, um, the Torah only, the Torah says that the Kohen has to sequester regarding the inauguration day of the Mishkan. That's all it says. And the rabbis come and derive from those Pesukim two other occasions, uh, number one for Paraduma and the other one for, for Yom Kippur. And the, all the other holidays don't work. Tomorrow we're going to talk about how about Shavuot. That's a one-day holiday. Uh, but what I think is really fascinating is both of these examples have something to do with the Sadducees. Both of them have, have, have a polemic built in because we see that um, regarding Paraduma, there was, uh, there was a fear that people would follow the Sadducee in law that we actually find in the halachic letter regarding, regarding uh, the Adivut uh, Shemesh. So sequestering, making sure he knows right what to do is going to do everything right. And also on Yom Kippur, we're going to see that Right? There were, um, for many periods of time, the Kohen Gadol was either Ama'aditz or even worse, a Sadducee, and had to be trained to make sure he's going to do things the right way. And so just like we have to inaugurate the Kohanim at the beginning, because in the first generation, they didn't know anything. So we have to inaugurate them. So too, in future generations, particularly for these two occasions, where there was a real fear that the Kohen or Kohen Gadol might not know what he's doing or try to do something against the Pharisees and the rabbis, that's particularly when it was necessary to keep them for seven days of training. Baruch Adonai Amen